HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by craftbeer.com, dedicated to small and independent U.S. craft brewers. For more information, visit craftbeer.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Spring is in the air, and if you're feeling like you need to do spring cleaning in a little more than your house and maybe in your digital life, this episode of Tech Bites is for you. morning, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, and it is a sunny but very cold day in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and I'm here to talk to you typically about food and tech with innovators and influencers. But today we have a little bit of a different story. In the honor of spring and spring cleaning and refresh and renew, we're going to do a counterpoint to technology show with Our returning guest, Paul K. Alexander. Hi, everybody. Jennifer, good to see you again. Nice to see you also. Um, This is Paul's third time on the show. He is our, he is the Tech Bytes um, counterpoint digital detox disconnect from your technology expert. And so I'm looking forward to talking with him on this episode about what we can do in the springtime because it's perfect timing. Monday actually was the first day of spring. Yes, it was. But before we get into that, we will do like we always do, and we'll go around and talk about apps, apps we love, new things we've just discovered, old favorites. And we will go to David Tatashore, our engineer and the Heritage Radio Network studio manager, who's usually very interested in technology that allows him privacy and security. (laughs) That's true. But uh, (laughs) in in this week's edition of Tech Bytes, uh, my app is very much about technology, specifically how to acquire more of it oh Um, it is called reverb and it's basically just a marketplace for buying and selling used audio equipment so another thing right up my alley along with the privacy stuff 
So is it like eBay for audio equipment? Yeah, it's pretty much exactly like eBay, except uh, minus there there isn't a bidding structure. It's just, you know, stuff is listed. And, you know, sometimes you can make an offer, but um, there's not like a bidding system. Why would I go to Reverb instead of just going to eBay? Um, it's, I think, more like audio-centric. Um, there's a lot more things and a lot more people who kind of know what the value is which i think actually ends up like keeping the prices fair it's not just like you know somebody posts something that they want the the bidding to skyrocket on it's you know they post it they know what the value is and they ask for that so it's more of an educated consumer marketplace yeah i would say so okay reverb and as we know that is android uh yeah yeah but i would imagine for iphone i can't confirm or deny though Okay. Okay. Unindicted at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Paul, I know you're not a big tech guy, but... Jennifer, I'm just joining the world of Facebook and Instagram now, so... (laughs) Well, you've been on Facebook for a little bit, but I did notice you are on Instagram now, and if people want to follow him, he's at Paul K. Alexander, P-A-U-L-K-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. He's also on Facebook as a person, not as a page or an entity. So well, Instagram used, is, your, yeah. is your new app? What do you think about it? It's fun. I'm starting to get used to it. I'm going to be uh, taught how to use the, the video thing and I'm just getting used to it. Um, we'll see how it goes. You know, there's this aversion where I pick up the, uh, the phone and I can actually, I'm very energy sensitive, so I can just feel something happening that's just not in alignment with me feeling good. So I really, I don't spend so much time on it, but uh, the, the amount that I do, it's fun. What made you decide to join Instagram? So I had this new mission on teaching people how to breathe, specifically how to be inspired. So I understand that in order to to grow that mission, I have to kind of uh, market it. Okay. So marketing an old practice with a new technology. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, I have an app that is actually a follow-up to a conversation from a prior episode. I do spend time listening to old episodes and it's a lot of fun on the one hand and it's kind of difficult on the other hand if people have ever listened to themselves leaving a voicemail or a voice message um sometimes difficult to hear ourselves back to ourselves but i do listen to them and in episode 85 which was women in media with amanda shapiro who's the editor of healthy ish which is an online uh platform from bon appetit We talked about, just in passing, um, some digital apps for cleaning your Instagram feeds and cleaning your contact list. And she made the comment like, oh, it's like, you know, to Marie Kondo, your phone or your contacts. And we wondered if there was a Marie Kondo app. So I'm here to report back that, yes, there is indeed a Marie Kondo app. It is called the KonMari app. It's available for Apple and iPhone, not yet for Android. And basically, it's, um, you know, a little community around going through the KonMari method. It has steps, reminders, schedules, how to walk through the process, all the different categories of cleaning out your closet, your stuff, your kitchen. It has a stream where you can post questions and photos. Um, You can post photos for yourself and sort of create a journal of your KonMari-ing your space. 
Um, and it also has a spot where you can learn and apply to be a KonMari consultant because now she's growing an army of KonMari consultants to fan out across the globe and teach people how to fold properly. So there you go, KonMari app. It is free. And uh, it's kind of interesting that she's evolved to that point also now, consultants and an app. But as to listening to prior episodes on my train ride to Bushwick this morning, I was listening to the first episode that we did with Paul, which is episode 39, and that was about disconnecting from your technology. Um, Some really great ways to start your day off your screens and off your technology and and small things to do kind of incrementally. Um, A lot of of good advice from Paul. And uh, that went so well that we had him back again, episode 60, which was spring cleaning, and that was a digital detox. Do you recall that we talked about the 24-hour tech people food fast? It's coming back to me. You know, I'm so much in the present that uh, yesterday is hard to remember. (laughs) Gift and a curse, I would imagine. (laughs) Gift and a curse. So the spring cleaning was to do something a little bit more extreme where you took a 24-hour period and you basically completely unplugged from everything to spend time with yourself. Um, It was no technology, no food, no people. And to just sort of, you know, have that moment and then come out of it to really kind of reset yourself. And spring was a good time to do that. So when I was getting the scheduling together for the show, noting that Monday the 20th was the first day of spring and um, that Paul also has uh, uh, a seminar happening this weekend on the 25th on Saturday, I thought the middle of the week is a perfect time to have him back. We can talk about spring talk about renewal. We can talk about what you're doing this weekend. So for you, this is a very auspicious time of year, isn't it, Spring? It is. And I think hopefully it should be for everybody. You know, we've had uh, winter. It wasn't too bad. But the energy of winter is to consolidate. From a Chinese medical perspective, it's to to go inward, right? So it's to be um, introspective, to contemplate and reflect upon your life. And as we enter now into spring, it's about the yang moving forward and rising. So it's equivalent to saying that there's a rebirth, a regeneration of life coming. In five-element acupuncture, there's this concept that there's an element that corresponds with each season. And spring in particular has to do with what we call the wood element, which relates to the liver. So it's about growth. It's about expansion. Um, it's about clearing up. I, I don't think about my liver as being a mechanism for growth and expansion. You know, what's unique about the liver is that it is um, one of the only visceral organs that can regenerate itself. Like, you know, this is uh, evidenced by people that drink a lot and get cirrhotic livers. Um, if they stop drinking, it actually regenerates and repairs. If you slice a piece off, it will grow back. That's amazing. Yeah. So while it can regenerate and repair itself how does that impact the so the growth the, of right. your body or your spirit or the energy right the so, energy. It ha- so it's about regenerating and regrowing the soul so this spring is about what can based on what you reflected upon during the winter what can come out as a result of that change as a result of the new aspirations and growth that you want to, that you want to happen from spring to summer so let's let's say for a moment I didn't get the memo and I wasn't reflecting on anything over the winter. (laughs) But let's say that, you know, now that spring is coming, 
and it's easy, you know, spring when you see, you know, the green on the plants come back and the weather changes, it's very easy for us to be reminded of the whole regrowth, rebirth thing. If I want to, um, you know, jump myself into a spring program of renewal and regeneration, what, what's a, what are some of the first steps that I take? You know, I think it's important to first feel um, one of the goal sets behind this, this process of breathing, of getting inspired, is to actually transcend uh, logic, the rational mind, and enter into a feeling state. So one of the starting points is get outside, enjoy some fresh air, take some deep breaths, and can you feel the difference in air, whether it be just in the humidity, in the temperature, and touch base with the environment that way, and then see how it reflects inside on your body. And then just ask your, the question, like, what do I want to do now? What aspect of my life do I want to regenerate or renew or start over? Is that what do I want to do now? Is that a question about, you know, today, what do I want to do on Thursday? What am I going to do later today? Is that a broader question about my career or a relationship or, you know, how many listeners I want for the show? You know, the, it, yes to all those answers. I really think it's a subjective, personal thing, but I'm addressing more the energetic relationship of this, right? To just go out there and ask yourself, that, what's the next steps? In other words, we, theoretically, we've planted seeds in the winter, even if we weren't conscious of it, right? Because the cold consolidates, and now it's the time for, for those seeds to be realized. So just kind of feeling again, where are you at in life? And then going into the more conscious thought of, what do I want to do tomorrow? A powerful question is, what do I want to do today? Like, what can I do today that elicits a sense of uh, revival or joy or something that moves you forward in life, that kind of creates a lightness? So moving forward in life, that's not necessarily moving forward on your to-do list. Because you're, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's worth saying, you know, we, I am a sucker for clickbait articles online of, you know, Nine things super successful people do in the morning before breakfast. Five ways breathing can change your life. You know, I'm, I'm, I always click on those because I'm always curious. And oftentimes they're very repetitious and, and share the same types of information. But I do think what you're talking about in terms of energy and your life and your feeling goals is very different from the to-do list goals. If, if the to-do list goals uh, is a starting point for people, I think better than nothing, right? But yes, I'm absolutely referring to the energetic aspect, the really, the, the inspirational aspects of what it means to be alive. So what might be helpful to people is to first have a vision for your life. So one of the things to reflect upon is, here I am, it's, uh, it's Thursday, and it's 2017, if I can kind of visualize what it would be like a year from now and come from that standpoint, what would that look like? That awesome life for myself, whether it be in personal endeavors, professional, and then tailor it back to today. What can I do today that is congruent with that vision for a year from now? So is it helpful to maybe create a list intentionally of ideas that are not connected to uh, physical things or, you know, not to keep the list in a, um, emotional or spiritual kind of context versus saying, I want to make more money or I want to have a car or I want a bigger apartment. Okay. 
Yeah. Is it better to, or not better, but perhaps an exercise or a way to get yourself into the more emotional energy state to, would be to say, I want to be happier. I want to have stronger friendships. I want to meet more people. You know, I think it comes down to focus. Um, what you focus on, you feel. So when you have this to-do list, if all the things that you have to do is going to elicit stress or uh, anxiety, that is going to <laughs> lessen your enjoyment of life. So I think from an energetic perspective, having things on your, well, let's call it your, your spiritual to-do list, right? Okay, that's um, good. I think that's helpful, though. Okay, a spiritual to-do list have things that will elicit the focus to be one of making you feel good. And that, that's very different for everybody, right? Maybe having a glass of fine wine tonight or, you know, meditating for 10 minutes. Whatever will make you feel good, write that on your spiritual to-do list. Okay. So outside, connect with the elements, spiritual to-do list, and then I have a list of goals that I want to achieve, but how do I how do I get to them? Which I guess is a nice segue into you know your new work with inspiring people. Yeah, um, how, you're talking about how to uh, manifest a, a goal, or how, how, right? How do I achieve the spiritual to do list? You know, I think first and foremost, being able to answer the question, "What do you want?" I think you know, after 12 years of uh, doing what I do in terms of acupuncture, I've noticed when I ask that question, very few people can actually answer that with, with confidence. Very few people really know what they want. So I think the starting point is to reflect on and be able to answer, what do you want? Um, and that it's definitely part of, uh, you know, your day to day. And it's also part of your spirituality. What do you want out of life? What will give you a sense of purpose, a sense of being alive, what are some of the answers that you hear from people about the, what they want? I mean, just yeah, the number, generally, because I think sometimes, again, I, helping people identify, you know, a, a, a place to be when they're thinking about these things is helpful. Otherwise, I think a lot of times we go to, you know, I want the promotion. I want the bigger apartment. I want the, you know, best rated show. And that's all great. I think always to, the, the key is knowing what you want. What I hear the most is I don't know. Right. And that's really of concern to me. Um, it's always, uh, it gives you direction when you know what you want. And to have that on, as your, part of your focus um, allows you to deal with the challenges that the world gives you, right? It, it gives you kind of a navigational system. So no matter what comes your way, um, if you always return to that question, what do you want, and you focus that, you'll move towards it. Um, believe it or not, even just by thinking about it is a good starting place. So you tell, so you ask someone, what do you want? They say, I don't know. And you say, okay, well, starting to think about it is a good starting point. And, and then what advice do you give them? So I go back to that, that uh, exercise in can, where do you see yourself, the ideal self, a year from now, right? So you can project, you know, time and our perception of it. We, most of us will view it linearly, like from now until then and future and past, um, but there is this concept in quantum physics, physics that you can transcend that, that time is not this linear process. So when you are able to project to this future space that could potentially exist um, and you focus on how you want that ideal state to be, um, you are actually drawing into forces things to realize that, that existence. 
That sounds kind of mystical and magical. That's where I'm at now, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I just have to say, you know, I've dialogued about this a lot with dear friends and um, a couple of trusted clients. And I've, I've heard the naysayers as well as the people that are of support. And my answer to that is I would much rather live in a world of possibility um, even this is the, if it doesn't exist, I, if my mindset is if there's a possibility, it makes me happy. Right. So the invitation to the listeners and you is if it's possible and it makes you feel good, give it a try. Um, you know, it, I really think it goes back to that word of focus. I hear a lot in my practice that people are focusing a lot on what's wrong in their life. And uh, I don't remember the exact study. But Deepak Chopra did a very interesting five-year study where he hooked people up to brain imaging scans every day and determined that we think over 60,000 thoughts a day, 90% of which are negative, right? So this is, it was essential, you know, for 2 million years for our survival because we always had to worry about surviving and fighting or flighting. Um, But now that we live in a theoretically more enlightened time, Um, The hope is we can transcend that kind of thinking and not make it so what's wrong based or what can go wrong and instead change our focus to possibility, to inspiration, to what can go right, to what motivates you, to what makes you feel alive. I think there's an addictive component to to focusing on what's wrong because it releases all the neurochemicals that get you ready to fight. You know, you think about what's wrong and adrenaline gets released. You think about what's wrong and, you know... Everything gets out of way. Cortisol gets released. So shifting to think about what's right, um, you feel better, but I actually think you move towards that goal. Focus and possibility. That's a, that's a great, uh, it's, it's seemingly so simple, but focusing on what's possible versus what's not or what you can't or what you didn't. And the interesting thing about the word possibility is that you don't even have to actually attain anything to reap positive benefits from just being beautiful in the possible the space of possible exactly. because as soon as you say no yeah it means never and yes sometimes it's hard to get to but maybe kind of leaves all the doors open yeah it's it's <laughs> the sense of and this is i think a nice segue to inspiration it's 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 a freeing mechanism right so it, you transcend limitations Transcending limitations. Again, magical and mystical, a little bit sounding. And I think I'm going to take a break. Uh, we'll take a little break right now to, to ponder that. And we will also take a break to thank our amazing sponsors who make this show possible and make Heritage Radio Network possible. Um, and I like to think that we will go on in the future because of wonderful sponsors like these. Do you love craft beer, the diversity of styles and flavors, the stories of small brewery businesses and the communities behind today's craft beer movement? If so, you'll love craftbeer.com, published by the Brewers Association. 
Whether you tasted your first craft beer 30 years ago or just caught the bug last week, craftbeer.com is the number one destination for beer education, news, and recipes. Looking for a local brewery? Use the internet's most robust brewery finder to discover your new favorite place. Want to get geeky about your favorite beer style or find the perfect pairing for dinner? Craftbeer.com is the leading authority and can help. Celebrate the best of American beer. Visit craftbeer.com today. Welcome back to Tech Bytes, the Heritage Radio Network show where we usually talk about the intersection of food and technology. And because we always talk about tech and how it really is a 24-7 part of our lives, every now and again, we like to take a moment and create some balance and talk about disconnecting and getting off our technology. And when we do that, we like to have Paul K. Alexander with us in studio. He's someone that I've known for a long time. He is a New York City-based um, acupuncturist, martial artist, um, health, wellness, oriental medicine expert, and recently, uh, recently creating a very interesting program called the Way of Inspiration and Energy Alchemy. And it sounds maybe a little bit far out, but it's very simply based in harnessing your breath to sort of transform yourself from the internal to the external. Is that a good way? That's of... a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So if you are interested in following Paul on Instagram, he's at Paul K. Alexander. His website is pkalexander.com. Um, and on his website, you can find information about getting in touch with him. You can also find information about his way of inspiration, Bodhidharma? The Bodhidharma, yes. Bodhidharma yeah. exercise routine, which sounds fascinating, which is a seminar he's doing this Saturday at 10 in the morning. Tell us a little bit about what that is. So Bodhidharma was an eccentric uh, Buddhist monk who traveled from India to China in, I think it was around 500 AD. And he did this barefoot in just a robe. So we're talking about like traversing the Himalayas. And uh, I don't know if you heard the name Wim Hof. Wim Hof is a guy that uh, climbed Mount Everest twice wearing nothing but his shorts. So these men have uh, done these feats and attribute um, certain kinds of exercises, specifically breath work, as ways to really harness the inner fire uh, from, like you said, from the inside out so that you can do such great physical feats like that. Um, Bodhidharma later established a series of exercises which uh, founded uh, a martial arts system called Shaolin Kung Fu. And from there, uh, lots of different systems, things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai have evolved. So a lot of martial arts that are practiced today have um, evolved out of this specific Bodhidharma set. Um, the main goal, though, that Bodhidharma taught it was not for the martial aspect, but for, but for uh, spiritual cultivation, right? So transforming that which is heavy into something light. And that's the nature of alchemy. Um, I call myself the energy alchemist because after 12 years of doing uh, acupuncture therapy, the one thing that I noticed that's really, it's insp inspiring and it's beautiful and magical is that whenever clients come in, no matter what they're in for, whatever complaint or just wellness treatment, there's a certain state that they come in energetically. 
You can see it in their eyes. I can feel it, you know, as I talk to them. But every time they come out, there's this sense of levity. There's this sense of transformation that has taken place via the needles. And I notice because their their breathing has gotten deeper and they're, they're stopping thinking, they're getting off their phone, that uh, alchemy has occurred. Alchemy, transformative. Yes. So one of the easy ways to get off your technology is to engage in an activity that does not have any technology (laughs) and to also uh, connect with something physical and to sort of start to replace some of those um, feel good things from likes and stars and followers with feel good from, you know, elements that your body's creating naturally. You know, one of the tests is, you know, if you're on your phone and you're mindlessly looking at, at things, not things that engender like, fun activities or hope or a positive feeling, but just mundane things. Check in with and see how you're feeling there. If you're really aware, you'll feel that there's a sense of weight to you, even if you're on there for just a minute or two. If you put the phone down for a second or get off offline and you take three deep breaths, hold it for a second, right? Three of them. And you just feel that after you put your phone down, you should feel a sense of lightness happening. And that in itself is alchemy, right? This, you have this contraption that has kind of weighed the spirit down a little bit. And hopefully with this deep breathing, you feel lighter, cleansed. Okay, so we're all going to do it together now. And that includes you, David, who spends your whole day in a cocoon of technology. Yes. And forces. So why don't all three of us, Paul, we can do the deep breathing exercise and then we'll see how we all feel. And if you're listening and you want to try it wherever you are. You should feel free to join in with us. Even if you're in public someplace, on a subway or whatever, that's fine. Don't pay any attention to the people who are... Especially if you're in public. Yes, David. Especially if you're in public, right? Okay. Okay. So the first criteria is... Are you ready, David? Ready. Okay. Put the phones down if you can. (laughs) Okay. So if you can close your eyes, and we're just going to do three breaths, right? So we take a deep breath in through the nose. Hold it for two seconds. And then exhale out the mouth. Wait two seconds. That's one. Breathe in again. Breathe out. Last one. Breathe in. And breathe out. And then if you open your eyes and check in with yourself, Jennifer, David, how are you feeling? You first, David. I feel pretty good. Lighter, hopefully. Yeah. I actually have a little bit Slowed of the, um, I actually have a little bit of a, a little bit of a head rush and sort of when my eyes were closed, a little bit of uh, light. Yeah. Lightness is the key word. I love it. Yeah. yeah so th- those are just three breaths. And um, if you do 10, it's even better, but something's better than nothing. But, you know, I think throughout the day, this is a, a great suggestion, I think, is throughout the day, especially if you've been on the phone or, or any contraption for more than 10 minutes, put that phone down, disconnect for 10, 10 breaths and repeat this again. And a couple things will happen by deeply breathing in like this, by inspiring like this, you hyper oxygenate your brain, right? So breathing like this is unique because when you breathe in, it passes something called the blood brain barrier. So immediately 
your brain, your brain gets oxygen. So the studies show if you are suffering from things like depression or anxiety, um, rather than going right to the pharmacology that might address it, take some deeper breaths. It's oftentimes due, even if there's a biochemical abnormality, it's oftentimes due to the fact that you're not breathing deeply enough. So simple. So simple. So taking deep breaths throughout the day, put your phone down, take some deep breaths. How many times a day do you take deep breaths? I mean, all theoretically, through. we're breathing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not breathing, you're probably not listening to the show. Um, but, but how many both. times a day would you do this exercise? You know, I'm not someone that uh, can answer that well because I'm very rarely. I try not to be on the phone too much, but I'm constantly mindfully breathing. And that, I think that's a key component is being mindful of your breath because it engages you to focus on that versus all the phenomena that's going on in your life. It connects you to you. That's what being inspired is about, being connected to yourself. Uh, circle of one. Yeah. <laughs> so how many times I think if, if you know you and your listeners need a number, um, do it at least three times a day. Right. But if not, if you can do more, even better. So part of the exercise is breathing. What, what else is incorporated in the in the way of inspiration or in the um, Bodhidharma exercise? So that, that it's very it's similar to yoga. Um, but what it really is about it, it, a lot of the movements yeah, they're yoga-esque, but they're funky, right? They make you feel, they, they release things according to the chakra system and the energy system. But my perspective now is that we've been really, a lot of us have been so entangled and conditioned to be a certain way that when we posture ourselves a different way, right, um, it makes us feel weird. So getting participants to get comfortable with being in these uncomfortable positions, which might be seemingly uh, weird, um, it's a disentangling method to really release us from the confines of our mind. And that's, that's the goal set of this, of this particular exercise is how do we liberate our mind? You know, Zen, um, Bodhidharma being the founder of Zen, um, the practitioners will, will meditate on specific riddles or statements um, until the, the rational mind can be kind of disentangled and you can look beyond the words, beyond um, the way your mind thinks. That sounds like a pretty tall order for one Saturday morning. I'm hoping that they can feel it, but yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it'll, it'll give them a taste enough that they'll want to uh, carry through. How do you advise somebody to push through that discomfort or to, you know, push through the uncomfortable awkwardness yeah. and self-consciousness to get to the place where... You know, they can really start to connect with the exercises and, and reap the benefits. So it's not about pushing through. It's about finding whether it be the physical or the mental limita perceived limitations and really savoring it, like really feeling it. So if it's a posture that makes you feel challenged, there's no need to push yourself. It's about really embracing that discomfort and being okay. Like uh, peace is not about the absence of, of distress or stress. It's about being okay without judgment as this is bad or this is good and just being okay no matter what. That's an interesting definition of peace. I think typically we think of peace as being almost um, empty without conflict, without disturbance, without unhappiness and peace or peaceful is almost um, you know, a tranquility that comes from the absence of anything that causes friction versus being an active state of 
just being okay with everything. Yeah. The Taoists call it entering the void where, you know, there's no escaping perceived good or bad. You know, I think actually Shakespeare said it best that there is no good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So it's about just being and not judging anything that's going on. Those are some mighty, uh, powerful words, especially in this day and age. (laughs) That's the goal set. And, you know, whether it be the Bodhidharma routine or breathing like this, or, you know, I think ultimately for all of us, the goal set is how do we create levity in our lives? How do we create a sense of freedom, freedom from the confines of our mind or judging as something good or bad? Um, I think in the end, lots of us are, I think all of us actually are looking for these answers. I think definitely people are looking for answers and solutions and um, people have a sense of things maybe they don't like or they're not happy about in their lives and they're looking for ways to change that. And sometimes it's difficult to figure out how to do that or to find um, advice or help or support to sort of make the changes that you want to. So it's always nice to have um, you come on and, and help people with that. Let's let's go back to the beginning of the show, which was it's spring, it's springtime. This is really the moment of, you know, renewal and regeneration. And it's a great opportunity for people to clean out their closets and all those kinds of things. But, you know, if people can't have if people don't have the opportunity to come and take one of your seminars or they don't have the opportunity to come and and see you or speak with you, what would you recommend people can do? to sort of kickstart their own sort of regeneration process this spring. And I know um, you, you talk about things from the physical, the breathing. You talk about things that are intellectual, the questions, what do you want? But then you also have some very good advice um, sort of along the lines of the Marie Kondo with the, you know, how physically, uh, you know, cleaning your space impacts your mental and, and all those kinds of things. Yeah, this so. is uh, along the lines of what's called feng shui theory. Uh, the home is absolutely a reflection of the person that lives there. And um, it, this is a great time to do the, the spring cleaning. So um, going into your home and clearing out, the, the three questions you can ask yourself is when you're trying to decide whether to get rid of something or not, ask yourself, do you need it? Do you use it? And do you love it? And if it doesn't satiate at least two of those um, answers in the form of yes, get rid of it. And what you'll find fascinating, or what I've seen actually happen is people coming to see me with a difficult time of letting go. Um, it makes that energy so much easier because you are just energetically clearing things out. People that suffer from constipation, um, I've actually uh, prescribed this as a treatment strategy. And within two weeks, even without any change in diet or exercise, their bowel movements return to normal. It's fascinating. That's amazing. Totally amazing. So in terms of a a suggestion is uh, clear out the home as much as you can. The hidden spaces uh, this year in particular, it has to do, this is the, in Chinese astrology, this is the year of the yin fire rooster. So um, while I'm not too well versed in that, one of my instructors has said this is specifically the year to go to that which is hidden, meaning those drawers, those closets. For those of you who have garages, go to there where those places where you typically aren't going and clear out from there. So the energy from that which is hidden can be kind of cleansed. And since the home was a reflection of your soul, uh, what you should find is that there is influence in, in the things that are hidden, the more subconscious aspects of our, of ourselves, they get cleared out too. So clean out your hidden spaces. Yes. Ask the three questions. Do you need it? Love it? 
use it. Use it. Yep. If you don't get two out of three, get rid of it. Yep. Um, ask yourself the questions, what do you want? Do the deep breathing a few times a day. And again, tell me how the liver functions in all this. <laughs> and is there it's, anything I'm supposed to do for my liver? Okay, very busy. Because I think of it as a hidden space. It is, absolutely. So the liver, like we said, it's, it's a unique organ because it can regenerate itself. But um, doing a liver cleanse is actually a great time to do this. Um, our liver and the, in its relationship to the gallbladder um, builds up a lot of toxins. And one of the things that you can do is actually do a liver cleanse. Um, for those of you that are interested, just Google uh, David Wolf's uh, protocol of how to uh, do a liver gallbladder flush. Um, for those of you that don't want to go that extreme, have uh, an apple a day. The, there's a malic acid in the apple, which helps facilitate a loosening of the gallstones in the gallbladder, which will um, be excreted via defecation, which is a great way to uh, cleanse the liver. The other thing is, of course, we should be hydrating. Um, add some squeezed lemon in there. The liver has a, a, it, the flavor of the liver is uh, sour. So by squeezing a lemon, it actually cleanses your liver and will induce uh, regeneration in the liver as well. Okay. So that sounds like a pretty comprehensive plan. You have the sort of intellectual mental exercise with your spiritual to-do list. You have the physical spring cleaning, which everybody loves and makes us feel so much better. And then you have the uh, physical sort of dietary, have an apple a day and add lemon to your water. Yes. That all sounds really doable and manageable. I, th I find the more simple the suggestions, the more doable and more manageable. <laughs> <laughs> David, do you think that that sounds like something that would be helpful or easy to do for a regular Joe like you? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, a good first step and, and, like you said, very manageable. I wonder if we have any listeners who would embark on that for like a month and let us know how it happened or how it went. I can think of a couple of people that I know who listen to the show who would be perfect for something like this. I'd love to uh, invite the listeners to really consider the liver gallbladder flush first. Um, what it involves is you're going you're gonna to basically eat uh, two apples a day or you can take malic acid. And then afterwards, um, it's, you're going to ingest some Epsom salt mixed with... Uh, grapefruit juice and uh, olive oil. And what you'll find is um, you'll be defecating out some really funky stuff. Um, that is the most potent way. So if you do have listeners that will do the apple and the lemon, great. But if you have listeners, even better, if that would actually be more um, uh, engaged in, in clearing out the liver, try that first. And if you're not, then go to the more simpler, manageable way to do it, which is an apple a day, right? Or lemon and lemon water. Okay. An apple a day and lemon water. I mean, you could incorporate that into your life just sort of, course. of forever. Yes. From now until the end of, of time. Easy enough to do. Well, I always ask, like to ask people for a piece of advice at the end of our shows, but this entire episode has been lots and lots of advice from different, from different corners, um, which is why we love to have Paul on, because everything that he says is, is really interesting. It's a little mystical and sometimes hard to believe for the skeptical New Yorker. Is it possible? Yes, but possibility. That's a really good place to be, especially now and especially in today's current uh, social, political environment. Um, again, not re regardless of what place uh, you take in the spectrum of points of view, 
I think everyone can agree that um, just the uptick in news and stressor, pressure and stress and, and conversation and really um, strong visceral reactions people are having, um, the atmosphere of New York City and the world just seems to be supercharged with a lot of intense and sometimes negative emotion. I'm, I, I'd be curious to know if you have sensed that or if you have sensed that since the, you know, since November with your clients, is there a, a actual significant uptick in, yeah, in stress and, yes. and negative energy that's just out there? At this point, I think it's cleared up a lot. But, you know, following the elections, a lot of, uh, I, I mean, I got fully booked for at least two months with people coming in that were devastated by the, uh, the results of the elections. Um, you know, and the, the strategy goes back to what we talked about before. What are you focused on, right? The, the focus was on the results and how the state of the world could be really bad right now. So the, the strategy was, how do we shift your focus? But yes, the at this point, I do feel a levity happening in terms of energy. I think is that, that the springtime. That's the springtime, honey. Yes, <laughs> that's the springtime. Yeah. Well, and I think also uh, focusing maybe on you know your to do list and things that you have sort of control over, yeah. or maybe not control, but maybe things that you can be an active participant in affecting outcome. I would be a better way to put it. I would agree. Actually, your, your, your word of control, that's a huge thing. Um, that's why breathing is magical because it, it gives you this sense of control over something that we're not always aware of. Um, it has to do, uh, physiologically with something called the involuntary muscular system. Um, when you breathe, consciously you're asserting control over something that you oftentimes don't so in a in a world that we live in that we don't have so much control when we begin to assert control over these aspects over ourselves we begin we begin to feel that level of certainty which that's actually another treatment strategy is get more control over these things like breathing or the way you think so that the outside influences the influences don't perturb you too much all great advice all great advice. And if you liked this conversation and you are uh, interested and curious to hear more about Paul's point of view, I encourage you to listen to episode 39 of Tech Bytes, which was disconnecting from your tech. And it was really a nice program of things to do throughout the day, starting with when you wake up, of what to do to help you sort of disconnect and balance. Episode 60 is spring cleaning and the digital detox, which is a kind of more hardcore 24-hour fast of everything from food to technology to people, uh, which I still have in mind to try one of these days. I have to figure out a way or a place to go and do it because I live with my partner. <laughs> so it's hard to have a person fast when you live with a person. <laughs> but I, it is on my to-do list for sure. And then if you want to get in touch with him in real life, go to pkalexander.com. Follow him on Instagram at Paul K. Alexander. He's also on Facebook. And, you know, he has a seminar on Saturday at 10. He will have a series of them going through his entire Way of Inspiration program. And is it beneficial to go to one if you can't go to all? Yes, they are standalones, yes. And then... You do them in New York City now. Do you have any plans to do them outside of the city? For We do have listeners in 200 countries. Awesome. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will have to let us know uh, when those things happen so that we can let our listeners know. If you really liked this show, again, and uh, I like to think that more Heritage Radio is possible, and it's only possible with 
the generosity of our listeners, our sponsors, and our underwriters, because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, which is why we're heritageradionetwork.org. And if not for folks like you, the lights would go dark. So if you like radio, you like conversations, you like a place to talk about our food life that's important to us, freedom of speech, journalism, and all those great things, go to the website, click the beating heart, throw us a few dollars, maybe what you're going to spend on coffee today so that we can make more radio. I'm Jennifer Lee. This is Tech Bites. For listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.